Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV, and you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about optimizing for speed on sites with lots of plugins. And joining us for that conversation is someone who knows quite a bit about that, from uh, the plugin plugin optimizer, I'd like to welcome to press this, Mr. Craig Allen. Craig, welcome to press this. Hey, David. Thanks for so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So glad to have you here. And for those listening, um, what Craig is going to be talking to us about today are his thoughts on the role of plugins in making WordPress sites successful, how plugins contribute to poor performance, and approaches you can use to keep the plugins you love while delivering a delightfully fast experience for your site's visitors. So I'm super excited to dig in here. Craig, I know we talked a little bit before this episode, but but like this is such a common question in WordPress, like how many plugins are too many and what do I do about too many plugins that I literally in career day at my kid's second day career day, one of the students asked me how many plugins was too many plugins surrounding WordPress site. Can you believe that? I'm impressed that a second grader is building a WordPress site. That gives me hope for the future. You know, if he'd been building a Drupal site, we'd have we'd have some questions going on. Well, I, I did actually have a lot of questions around why he asked that. I didn't get the opportunity to unpack that with him, but uh, maybe maybe he learned it from my son who who was playing around with WordPress at the time. But it was it's such a common question. I was just shocked in career day to hear that. Um, so 
before we dig in though in, into strategies around sites with lots of plugins, I want to kind of kick it off by asking you the same question I ask all our guests, Craig. Um, if you could briefly tell me your WordPress origin story, when was the first time you used WordPress? Uh, yeah, I uh, started using WordPress back in 2005, 2006. So I think that was around version three, maybe. I can't remember exactly. Probably should have looked it up. But yeah, back, uh, back when the internet was still you know, not what it is today. And you could do all kinds of fun things with marketing. And that's kind of how I found my way to WordPress uh, was working with some very phenomenal people in the internet marketing space back then. And what I discovered is that every great marketer and great business owner needs a great tech. And so I dove in deep into WordPress and I haven't really lifted my head up since, you know, tried a couple other platforms, but there's nothing quite like it. And it, it keeps bringing me back. So my whole business now is focused completely on WordPress. That's awesome. Um, my first time using WordPress was also in 2006. Uh, in last week's episode, I shared it was to do a blog post. Uh, uh, that was my first time using it. It sounds like you kind of found uh, that path there. Uh, through the work you were doing kind of in the internet marketing space. It makes sense, of course, WordPress is a great tool for that. And then 2006, um, this was also right after uh, themes and mm -hmm. uh, plugins had been released. So obviously a very dynamic time to be building WordPress sites. Um, so earlier though, I introduced, you know, that one of the things you do is, is you build and operate plugin optimizer, um, which is a plugin that optimizes other plugins, I guess is the way I describe it. But but like, well, how sure. would you describe it? Like, what does plugin optimizer do? Uh, it lets you take control of every single individual page of your WordPress site and decide which plugins you want to run on it and which plugins you don't. Um, you know, one of the one of the issues with WordPress is that when you put a plugin in, it runs at least a little bit of it on every single page of the site, both front end and back end. And normally that's not an issue when you're dealing with just, you know, a little, a little site with a couple plugins that you're doing for, you know, to show off your wedding or something like that. But when you get into a, a dynamic marketing site with thousands of users or, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of page views going on, having little plugins, you know, adds up. And so you need to be able to control that. And so that's what we figured out how to do. Yeah, it's very uh, you know, common aspect, I feel, of your contributing factor, should I say, regarding you know, how lots of plugins can start to weigh down a site. And you have like the job the plugin's doing itself, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. serving a gallery or whatever, um, or you have uh, just the kind of inherent load of it, of it you know, thinking, should I be running here? Should I not? Um, and, you know, I know there's ways for plugin authors to kind of control that, but, but I think, you know, to your point, um, you know, most don't. And so you have this kind of traffic cop situation. And so plugin optimizer, I guess it sounds like the, the key thing it does is I can say like, Hey, look, I only need two plugins to be run on this page because of what it's doing. I don't need my gallery plugin that's used on these other pages to load here. So I'm going to turn it off basically. Is it is exactly. Okay. Yep. That's perfectly right. And that also makes it so you can use plugins where you need to, you know, maybe I want to get this plugin, but I know it's a little heavy, but I've heard really good things about it, but I don't want it to affect my checkout process. 
well, that's not a problem anymore. Now you can still install that plugin and you can use it in the one specific place that you need, which probably saves you a bunch of money from custom development and not interfere or affect your checkout process. Yeah, I think that's so critical because, you know, when I get that question at conferences or whatever, and people are like, how many plugins are too many? I, I don't actually have a great answer for that because it's like one bad plugin is too many and a hundred great plugins might be just fine. Mm -hmm. and I think competing for resources and controlling that is a way to be able to take advantage of plugins that are doing certain jobs and contexts and not have them kind of have a negative effect in other contexts. Like to your point, you don't need your gallery plugin doing stuff on your checkout page, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, and so I think like, I, I don't, I kind of bristle at the notion that we should be giving people a, a, a top number of plugins because I think that the plugins are doing their job. And usually the job is to make someone some money, right? It's some optimization yep. or some message they're trying to deliver. Um, and, and it is important. Um, and so I really like your approach here of like, hey, look, you can kind of have your cake and eat it too here. Like we get you're doing these jobs, but like you don't have to like line up for work like on every single page. It's only certain pages where, where that really matters. Yeah, well, it, it came out of a, of a need to do it because, <clears throat> excuse me, having a, I had a client a couple of years back that had been, uh, they had lost their Facebook um, traffic and, and access. Uh, and this was before even, you know, it got kind of trendy to go and actually cancel um, various businesses, um, depending on their viewpoints. This was just Facebook doing what Facebook does for so many years. And all of a sudden the whole business disappeared and they, they decided that, you know, we don't want to be built within other people's platforms. We want to own all of our own data. We want to own the CMS. We want to own the records. So let's put it all in WordPress. And that sounds like a really great thing to do. In practice, it became a little challenging because in order to have a membership area and a checkout process and reporting and you know user management and you know all the other things that come with it a blog that's regularly posting seo siloed pages um you know adding new products all the time new funnels uh it became very heavy for them to try and and do that and so uh that's that's where plugin optimizer was born was out of uh, you know that necessity of like we should be able to have our cake and eat it too. Like you said, we should be able to own all of our own data and do all the things that we need to do inside WordPress without having to integrate into outside platforms. And when all and said was done, that's exactly what we got. Uh, 93 plugins running in a smoke and fast site that processed many, many, many dollars a year uh, and has you know, 30, 40,000 users on it regularly. Nice. Well, I think when my new answer to the question, uh, how many plugins are too, or too many, uh, I'll say uh, more than 93. How about that, Craig? You'll, you set my new bar for that. Well, our, our testing site, we, we have 220 installed on that. Uh, we don't actually drive traffic to it. So I wouldn't say that that would be a functional a good gag uh, platform, but 220 operating plugins where the site doesn't just melt uh, is pretty impressive to me. I know. I remember you showed me that when we were live in person not long ago, and my eye twitched from all the little items in the in your menu bar there, uh, from all the different plugins you'd added. I was like, oh my goodness, but uh, it was a nice little extreme example. But I thought, 
you know, the, the production example you gave your client, kind of the, the necessity, if you will, that led to the invention, I thought it was a really great example. I want to get more into the specifics, though, the strategy of disabling mm-hmm. certain plugins and certain views. Um, but we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode around optimizing for speed on sites with lots of plugins. Craig Allen was just telling us a little bit about how Plugin Optimizer, his product works, talking about the the, the origin of the invention of a client with 93 plugins um, that he was able to leverage uh, the kind of seed for, for Plugin Optimizer technology um, in order to make perform. I thought that was really cool. Um, but I want to kind of now get into more specifics, Craig, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, as I, as I imagine this, um, you kind of gave the checkout example earlier, maybe that's a great place to start. Um, but if you're thinking like, okay, I'm using plugin optimizer, or, you know, people can hand code these kind of things too, but like whatever technique you're using, whatever. Um, but if you're disabling plugins in a certain view, how do you know which ones are the things to disable in that view? Uh, how do you, uh, uh, how can you be sure that's the one that needs to be turned off or not? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, it, it really comes down to trial and error. Um, you know, some of it makes sense. Like if you have, say, let's talk WooCommerce. You got a WooCommerce checkout process, and you have a WooCommerce shipping uh, plugin installed. Pretty good chance that your shipping plugin needs to be running in your checkout process. That way you can actually calculate your shipping. So easy one to figure out there. But let's take something else like um, maybe you're using a builder tool. Like, um, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, I use Thrive a lot. So say you're using Thrive. Thrive has a bunch of plugins uh which ones do you actually need running there uh do you need their lead plugin do you need their uh testimonial plugin do you need you know depends on what your process is and so again having to do a little bit of thinking uh to figure out which one needs to be there and then ultimately uh what we do is we end up with a version of both pages we have a, a with the plugin uh that we built we, we gave it the ability to where with the click of a button, you can load up a complete page that doesn't have anything blocking on it. And we'll often load those next to each other in multiple environments in order to compare 
what we're actually seeing on the page. Are our graphics showing up in the right spot? Is text displaying correctly? Are we seeing all of the various pieces like in a, in a Woo checkout process? Are we seeing you know, the ability to log in if you've already been a user? Sometimes that disappears um, depending on what, you, what plugins you're using. So that's how we went about it. Um, we ultimately created a catalog of that to make it easier for us. Um, it's, it's easy on the front end to figure it out, like on the checkout, but if you're trying to deal with the back end of WordPress, that becomes a little more tricky and you, you definitely have to do that trial and error because most plugins are not telling you in their documentation, you know, oh, by the way, we're adding, uh, this custom post box to, uh, the standard WordPress page editing tool, uh, you know, that shows up on the bottom that you don't, you don't know that happens unless you use the tool, unless you go look at it closely. And uh, yeah, that, that's really how we went through and figured it out. There, there was no way for us to write a script to go through other plugins and figure where they're modifying um, pieces of WordPress, both backend or frontend. Okay, so it sounds like the the first step you kind of pointed out. I mean, it makes sense is to think like through this through the lens of logic. Like, I don't mm -hmm. need a, a shipping plugin active on my blog post, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the next approach then is to say like, okay, well, I might be able to disable this thing, but I don't really know, so I should test. And it sounded like what y'all did was walk through kind of some manual QA there. I'm guessing you could also, of course, run regression tests. You could um, either functional or, or like visual regression. Um, but the point is to just kind of, uh, uh, well, almost in a sense for the ones you're unsure of, play whack-a-mole for a second and see like what happens when you whack the mole. Um, but I really liked, you said that the, you have a view built into the product that allows you to see the, the version of the page with it on and off, or were you kind of just manually uh, like cloning the page and then no. experimenting with it on and off? No, we have a we we knew that this was going to be a process uh, that almost all users were going to have to deal with. You know uh, whether or not you know we we have knowledge that we're passing on to them, um, saying you know these plugins play nice together and this is how and these ones don't. So we we made it so there's um, like you said uh, uh, we added a little menu item on the top of the black bar in WordPress there in the toolbar that when you're on a page that has a filter turned on, that's what we call them, plugin optimizer filters, uh, it will tell you which plugins are active, which plugins are blocked, the total page load size, and there's a little button that says, uh, see this with all plugins. And you click it, opens a new tab right next to it, but this time loads everything. So you can see the total page load size, you can see uh, you know, oh, there's definitely something that I'm missing that I've blocked and, you know, just figure out which plugin you need oh, to, that's cool. to reactivate. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had like an easy turn it off button, because I mm -hmm. can see particularly like in WP admin, you, you missing a field or something. I'm like, oh, where did that thing go? I know I have that plugin installed. Um, I could see that being, being super handy. And it was interesting though, because you, you did kind of comment on the back end. Um, and I'm a huge fan of optimizing the backend for performance. It makes it so much easier to work in WP admin. And then mm -hmm. of course, all the resources you're saving are the same resources that are used to serve the front end. So it makes your website faster on the front end too, in my view. But is that why you think most people are optimizing the, the WP admin views um, with plugin optimizer 
or is it uh, uh, those reasons plus others? Like, how do you think about it? Well, I think a lot of people assume they just need to do the front end, but I agree with you a hundred percent that you need to, to do the back end. Um, there, it can get almost heavier on the back end than it can on the front end. Um, with, with my, with the, like that site that had 93 plugins, you, you literally couldn't do anything in the back end when we would turn PO off. Um, it, it would just be 45 seconds, a minute and a half for a page to load, and it might not load correctly. Um, there was just too much going on. And then if anyone was trying to surf the front end at the same time, it was, it was a total nightmare. So let me, let me ask you this then. So we had the 93 plugins, um, when I'm, of course, familiar with generally what personally, what what makes, how plugins slow sites down, but like, what do you think where it was happening? Like, certainly it's not like these, maybe it is very light calls when the page loads, but I feel like there's, there's stuff happening behind the scenes. A lot of times these plugins are doing that may not necessarily be valuable for the user or like, what do you think the processes are that are causing these kind of benign pages to crawl to a halt in the back end? Like, well, whenever WordPress loads in the, uh, in the header, it runs through every single plugin that is installed on the site that's active and does a, basically a check, like, do you need to be here or do you not? Is there some other function I need to run or is there not? Um, and so I think that's really where you hit the, the crux of your problems is you get stuck going through that process of checking all these plugins while concurrently other things are trying to get loaded up, you know, from the actual page is the JavaScript getting loaded or maybe there's jQuery or the standard HTML it's trying to bring in. And it's busy looking through 60 plugins or 90 plugins or whatever your site happens to be trying to figure out if it should be there or not. Um, so that's, that's where we got the idea to, to do what we did with plugin optimizer. So essentially once that header loads, if, if the plugin is not supposed to be running on that URL, uh, or, or endpoint, then it doesn't even do that process. And that, that is really what we saw make the most significant difference. Um, even like with the heartbeat running. You know, there's a little bit of the heartbeat that certain plugins can trigger and and slow things down, which I'm assuming you're familiar with WordPress heartbeat. Um, yeah. it, so it sounds like, um, you know, you have the kind of aspect of having to check all the plugins each time you're loading. And so therefore that kind of uh, the, the, the high volume of them um, can compete with other uh, load processes and slow your site down. And yeah, or or a plugin itself might have multiple multiple functions that the header is running through to see if it's supposed to do anything, and they actually are requiring processing power before they get to a stop point and dump out. Yeah, so you're shaving all that off, and then of mm -hmm. course, if the plugin's doing something on the page and you don't even want it to do it on the page, you just disabling that alone will also give you that lift. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a good way. Um, to understand kind of what's going on and, and, and why it's valuable to approach um, how plugins are loaded in this way. Um, I kind of want to dig a little further here, but we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're in the middle of our episode talking to Craig Allen about making sites with lots of plugins faster. Um, Craig, right before the break, I really enjoyed how you described kind of the underlying um, effects of how plugins load within WordPress on a specific page or um, endpoint and how the having too many can, can essentially flood requests as the page is loading um, and um, the jobs those plugins are doing on the page, if you don't want them to do, can also contribute to that, um, which I thought was a really kind of neat way to think about, I guess, the two-pronged approach of that. Um, so as plugins um, that cause performance hits are added to your site, um, how do you determine when you have crossed a detrimental threshold? Like, I'm just trying to understand from your perspective, like in general, this is maybe less around like plugin optimizer, but just like, you know, if you think about the balance of a plugin, it's a job, um, but you're also getting a, a performance hit from adding the job to your site. Um, how do you think about that threshold um, as you're choosing plugins? Well, I, I really try not to use them unless I absolutely have to. So meaning if I have a client that wants a specific, you know, experience to take place, if it's something that we can do with uh, a simple bit of HTML, you know, then great. Or some CSS will, will take care of that versus putting in an entire plugin dedicated to do something like that. If it's, you know, something that they must have, then I'm typically more prone to go with either a premium plugin uh, because they just tend to have, and it's not all the time, but tend to have more of the things that we've been talking about in mind, like how are they affecting WordPress in general? They're also being supported through financial gains. So they often will be around longer and be willing to continue to update the plugin as it moves forward. I think a lot of people just go and choose the first plugin that shows up on the search list. Uh, I rarely do that. I'm really hesitant. Really to not, picky. Yeah, I, I don't put just any any plugin in a site um, for the reasons we're talking about right now. Also, because you, I'm not going to go through every plugin and look for malware code or um, I, I don't want to build something for a client that is required to be on a plugin that you know either hasn't been out very long or has no history of staying up to date or um, you know is so completely like, outdated. It sounds like just like from the high level though, like give this the kind of uh, only when I need it and then when yeah. I need it, having kind of a high degree of rigor around what you're choosing and in doing so, presumably uh, avoid major trade-offs on performance. And mm -hmm. I think that makes total sense. So kind of getting back then the, 
plug in optimizer then, um, I guess to maybe kind of round us out a little bit here, you talked about using filters and you kind of explained it through the lens of like a quote checkout process or a specific page. And I'm just curious, like for people that use plugin optimizer or, or, um, you know, maybe another method or something like, do you do that? Like on every single endpoint or page, or do you do it on specific ones? Do you, do you think about it in patterns? Like you mentioned a catalog earlier, help me understand how people should think about this. Sure. Yeah. It, it, uh, it really depends on, on each site's need. Um, you know, some, someone might build a, a site that is not necessarily, you know, trying to make millions of dollars a year. Maybe it's an informative site. Maybe, uh, you know, they put a couple plugins in that and their one page that's important to them is slow and takes a long time to load. Well, in that case, you really only need to worry about that one specific page, that one endpoint. Um, the, the plugin does, it works completely around endpoints. Uh, you make a filter, uh, designate it to a specific front end or back end endpoint. And the, there is the ability to use wildcards. So if you have you know, a, a URL structure that is uniform, then you can you know, collect every blog post. If they all fall under say slash blog, um, then you could make a filter that's you know, slash blog star and catch every single blog post. And if you have one or 10,000, they'll all get filtered the same way. Um, if you are a site that where it's just yourself, you know, maybe one other person, maybe you don't need to do every page on the back end and you only do the couple pages that you work in all the time if they're even causing you a problem. So just to kind of recap then, it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility, right? And you're kind of mm -hmm. making the point that like I can you can use wildcards, you can do specific pages, you should be thinking about the context of how you use it which pages you need to optimize for yourself or your visitors. Uh, I think that's really sound advice. That's a great point to end on. That was awesome, Craig. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to sit here and chat with you about it. It's, it's just a blast, man. I'm, I'm excited to, to be in the space and continue to be developing it. I want to see it keep thriving. And I hope that Plugin Optimizer can solve one of these major issues that people still complain about from back in the day, the, the too many plugins. All right. Well, I know I know some second graders that are going to be keen to hear about this, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward also to, to loading up a site with too many plugins and giving it a shot. Uh, thank you for, for coming on the show and talking about it. If you'd like to learn more about what Craig is up to, you can visit pluginoptimizer.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.